As cybercrime becomes more sophisticated, it's become increasingly critical for consultants and analysts to have in-depth experience and expertise in not only forensics, but also legal investigations. And Jeff Schaefer is one such example. A former Secret Service agent, Schaefer now works breach incident response and assessments as well as forensics at PricewaterhouseCoopers. Here he explains how he made the transition from the public sector to the private sector and why his 25 years with law enforcement are paying off. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. So, Jeff, before we get into some of your background, could you just tell us a bit about the role you now have with PricewaterhouseCoopers? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so my current role is leading teams in cyber incident response and cyber breach assessments as requested by our clients. So, for instance, if a client has something going on in their network they think may be a breach, they may call and ask, do we have a team available that can go out and help address the issue from a response mechanism and create forensic images, do a network uh, scan looking for points of compromise. I'll do that now across the country. So we may have something happen in another state and we'll fly a team out and respond to their request. So Jeff, what types of businesses are you consulting? So it crosses all industries. We've done uh, incident response and assessments for you know, packaged goods companies, energy companies. It runs across the board. You didn't mention banking institutions. Just curious to know if financial institutions make up some of your biggest client base or are they just a small portion of that? It's a portion. I mean, a lot of companies, you have healthcare industries as well, financial institutions and banking institutions. They're all potential targets of a threat actor. So any of those institutions are ones in which we would respond to provide our services. Uh, I wouldn't say one is necessarily larger than the other. A lot of times threat actors will target one industry one year and then another industry the next year. So it can vary from year to year as far as which industry provides us with the most opportunities to serve them. Jeff, as I mentioned in the introduction, we've seen cyber attacks evolve quite rapidly over the course of the last 18 to 24 months. Would you say that there's one particular sector that's being targeted more often now than another? I would say that, uh, again, it's, it's fairly cyclical. And one year they'll target uh, one industry. It could be hospitality or retail, uh, healthcare, And then the next year they'll target someone else. A lot of it's based on uh, you know, the underground market as well. If information is being sought for uh, PII information or personal identifiable information or health information or financial information, then that would be uh, where we might see the more, more activity in that particular year. But it's fairly cyclical the way that works. So let's talk a little bit about your background. After spending 25 years with the Secret Service, you moved into the private sector as a consultant and advisor. How would you say that your years with the Secret Service helped to prepare you for your current role? Well, I think as it relates to relationships in general with Secret Service, we have to have relationships with people across the board from the military to the private sector, other government agencies, uh, both from the state and local level. So that work that I'd done in the past in establishing relationships within all those different areas certainly helps today as we, uh, again, as we respond to incidents across industry lines, uh, no matter what the industry is. In addition, I think trends that I was able to see at Secret Service and investigative skills, interviewing skills, things like that, I think provide a, a perspective here at PwC that um, that can really only come from that law enforcement background. What about from an investigation standpoint? As I mentioned, you also work in forensics, and I'm assuming that you're probably consulting some of your clients in a post-breach environment. What about the experience that you had there from the Secret Service? So having an idea from where they originate, potentially who the threat actors are, what particular groups might be involved, some activity. I mean, there's a standard operating procedure and, and people's MO, as they call it. Some things have certain signatures, which provide you with an idea of where that may have originated from and where it might go next as it relates to targets, 
lateral movement, particular information they may be looking for, particular ways that they may be trying to extract the, the data that they found. So there's different MO type things that we can look for that uh, I think my prior background kind of lends to that. So bringing this back to some of the financial institution discussion, I wanted to ask you specifically about something that we've been talking about in the banking industry of late, and that is cyber terrorism. How concerned should banking institutions and other industries, for that matter, Jeff, be about cyber terrorism? Well, it's an interesting uh, question because there's cyber terrorism and cyber crime, and, and I don't think there's been a clear distinction between the two. Does one fall into the other and vice versa? No one wants to be a target. And like I said, I think the concern is legitimate. I think if people are looking at, again, what some of these trends are, what some of the threats are, and they've identified what it is they have that the threat actor may be looking for, then they can allay some of that concern to a degree because they've designated what it is they're trying to protect and what it is they're trying to keep from the threat actor. Uh, and then putting those mechanisms in place will certainly, I think, help them sleep better at night. But the concern is always there. and. No one wants to be a target, but you are a target if you've got data and information that the threat actors are looking for. You're always going to be that target. So I don't think the concern is necessarily going to ever go away, but I think you can certainly be more confident once you do some of the basic things like identify what it is people are looking for and in what format it's in, the different touch points, where that data goes, where it is at rest. Um, just some questions like that that companies can answer that I think will help with that concern. But I don't think the concern will go away. I, I think it's going to continue so long as you have something that the threat actors uh, for which they're looking. Jeff, would you say that nation state attacks are more concerning than cybercrime attacks? They're more concerning in, in as much as they're better funded. So if you're talking nation state and, and uh, organized crime, they have a certain amount of funding that uh, backs them which can make them a little bit more persistent and could last longer as opposed to a hacktivist or someone like that who may not have the financial backing to attack for a long term, for a long period. So yeah, that's definitely a concern. Uh, and again, uh, nation states sometimes are looking for things that are different. They may be looking for you know, military type uh, information or other government type information, whereas uh, criminal syndicates, criminal organizations may be looking at something they can monetize such as PII or PHI. So going back to the sophistication of the attacks now that we see, Jeff, would you say that conducting forensics investigations about cyber events are becoming more challenging than they used to be? In some degree, it has become more challenging because the threat actors are trying to obfuscate what they're doing a little bit more. They're trying to use different tactics, different methodologies in order to get into your network and, and get that lateral movement to find those things that, you know, again, that they're looking for that we discussed, that data that they're looking for. But at the same time, as people become more aware of what they're trying to do, companies are taking better measures that help the investigative side. And so if something does happen, they may still have gotten in there using a new technique, but because people are taking but more proactive approaches to things, just something as simple as logging and monitoring may not have seen them get in, but when you go back and look at it from a historical and forensic perspective, you can see things now that maybe we couldn't see before because the proactive nature of protecting the network wasn't being done, and now it is. Would you say, Jeff, that attacks are becoming so stealthy and advanced and persistent that they're flying under the radar of common detection practices? Well, again, it's, it's a bit of a cat-and-mouse and, and catch-up game. As I mentioned, I think now that companies are doing more to locate what's going on, when it happened, what's happening on their network, anomalies, behavioral analysis type things, they are better able, they, again, they may get in with a more stealthy approach, some new technique, but being able to uncover that later has helped the investigations. So I don't think that's ever necessarily going to change. I think that as 
people fortify their networks more, the threat actor is going to try and get more creative. It's, it's no different than trying to break into a home that they have a security system on the windows or on the doors. They'll try the windows or that kind of thing. So it's, it's always trying to do something to stay ahead of the threat actors. Knowing what motivates them is going to help you secure your network. It's not going to necessarily stop all attempts, but they do tend to go for the uh, low-hanging fruit. So if you're doing something, even if it is a sophisticated attack and you're doing things to either detect it and respond to it, they may just move on elsewhere. Jeff, what are some of the most prevalent mistakes that you see businesses making in the wake of a cyber event that could perhaps hinder post-events or forensics investigations? Well, luckily that's getting better, as I mentioned, but some of the things sometimes are, you know, again, not logging or having monitoring capability, intrusion detection, intrusion prevention systems, that the alarms go off but they don't have a response to those alarms. So it, it's kind of a full package. Uh, you can't necessarily do one or two things as it relates to securing your network, like I have a detection system, but I don't have a prevention system, or I have a prevention system, but not a detection system, or I have both, but when my warning signs go off, I don't have an incident response plan in place. So again, there's, there's several pieces to the puzzle that have to work in conjunction with one another, and if they're not doing that, then a lot of times things will fall through the cracks. But like I said, it's getting a lot better. But if I had to say that the one thing that we see is a lot of times all those pieces are not put together. And, and obviously there's a financial component to doing so, to having all those pieces in place to put the pieces together when an incident occurs. In talking about incidents, something that we've been talking about a lot more is just the fact that we have so much personally identifiable information out there that's been breached. How concerned should we be, Jeff, about all of this breach PII? Well, first of all, your personal practices. Um, everyone's worried about the big breach and someone getting your personal information that someone else may hold. There's your personal practices as well on your own tablets, mobile devices, your own home network and things like that. If you're keeping that side of the, your house clean, then you can start looking at the other side, which is what you're talking about on the breach. But I would ask questions if you're going to do some type of online activity, be it a health activity or banking activity or what have you. I would ask questions, that, how is my data protected? before I might sign up with one of those. Um, how is my data stored? Where is my data stored? And ask questions like that. It keeps them engaged and makes the company understand that their consumers are concerned about this kind of thing and they're asking questions. And I think that'll help motivate them to be the best at it so that they can get, you know, obviously increase their market share. Well, Jeff, I'd like to thank you again for your time today. Very informative. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.